and I'm going to leave here different. I'm going to leave here better than I come in. Amen? Amen. God is good. God is for us. God is on our side. God loves us. And if you're born again, God's proud of us. Amen. He looks at us through the cross. He looks at our spirit. He looks at us like he looks at Jesus. God loves you like he loves Jesus. And once we realize that, once we start understanding that, once we know that, then we then we're, we're, uh, love casts out fear. We're not afraid to do the things that he's called us to do. And I think a lot of times the church has lived in fear and just kind of hid out in a, in, a, in a building waiting for the rapture to happen because we're afraid to go out into the world because we don't know that God is on our side. And the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy and one of the ways that he does that is he causes problems in our lives and then he lies to us because he is the liar and the father of lies and he lies to us and he tells us that God was doing it to teach us a lesson. God is a good daddy. Yes. God is a good father. And he doesn't, he doesn't make us sick to show us something. He's smarter than that. He, he teaches us through the Word. And I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you that in the Word. And if you read this Bible from a, from a mindset, there was a guy that brought a book a long time ago, and it said, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And we think that God is angry, and He's waiting for us to mess up so that He can just hit us with the fly swatter. Hey, I talked to Daddy God this morning. He's in a good mood. Amen. He's happy. Oh, Y'all don't act like he's happy. God is happy. Amen. Did you know that one of the gifts of the Spirit is joy? One of the fruit, I mean, fruit of the Spirit is joy. And the Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit. So if the fruit of the Spirit is joy and the tree that it comes from is God, then God has to have joy. Because that's where it comes from. And don't say one of the fruit of the Spirit isn't angry. One of the fruit of the Spirit isn't getting even with you. One of the fruit of the Spirit isn't seeing if he can hurt you. No, it's joy. And we got to know this and understand it so when we read the Bible and somebody tricks us into believing something that's not right, we can say, no, the lie, devil, you're a liar. John 15, 1 through 3 is one of those verses that when you read it, you're like, oh man, this is going to get me. But I'm, I'm going to show it to you. John, and this is it. I am the true vine. This is Jesus. He said, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So it sounds like that if we're not doing fruit, he's just going to come in and just clip us off. How does he do that? Well, in Hebrews 12.5, this is another one of those. Hebrews 12.5 says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastising of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. And we see, we read about purging, we read about chastisement, and we think, okay, God loves me, he's chastising me, God loves me, I must have done something wrong, my worship broke down, and that's God coming in to, to teach me a lesson, or my, my kids got cancer, God's trying to teach me something, or everything's just fell apart in my life, and that's God, he's chastised me, but it's okay because I'm still a son, and, and again, that's 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 somebody else's teaching that has come in to take the place of what the Word says because the Word does not say that. He does not chastise us with sickness or poverty or disease or problems. 
The Bible says that persecution comes in for the word's sake. The enemy comes to steal the word. He's the one that brings this stuff. God is good all the time. So, if, so if, if this is Bible, but he still chastises his sons, how does he do it? How, how does he do it? Put up that first picture and I'm going to show you something. Because I want you to see this. This is the Strong's Concordance. And can you see the one that's in the red? That's the strong number, and it's 3809, and the word over the side, paideia, I have no idea how you say it, is the word that they've translated chastising there. Now look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Remember that, 3809. Now go to 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay, put the second picture up there. Remember 3809? There it is. It's translated instruction. So if God is going to chastise us, He's going to do it with the Word. All Scripture is profitable for instruction, correcting us. Now, God is a good daddy, right? Look at Ephesians 6, 4. This, this changes the, the word because when we hear something like chastisement, we're like, ooh. But when you hear instruction, hey, I want to be instructed on how to live. Yeah. This is what Jesus told him. He said, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and admonition of the Lord. I think the King James says nurture. Look at the third picture. I know the King James said nurture because this is King James. 3809, same word, chastisement, instruction, is nurture. Right. You don't nurture somebody by making them sick. That's right. You don't nurture somebody by burning their house down. You nurture somebody by teaching them and instructing them and making the word come alive to them. The Bible says that Jesus is the perfect representation of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we go back and we look at what Jesus done, then we can start understanding how this thing works together. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Are y'all getting this? Because I'm, we're going to leave here and oh, hey, God is for me. Man, God's called me to do some great things. God is on my side. The blood's been applied. Jesus paid a high price. God likes me. And when I realize God likes me, guess what? You can do stuff. You go out and make a difference in the world. You realize that God is you. You can advance this kingdom. So, but the so the Bible says Hebrews one three says the Son is the exact representation of the Father. And so, if He's exactly like the Father, then we need to see how Jesus chastised, how Jesus pruned, how Jesus nurtured, how Jesus taught. So, look at Luke nine forty six and we're going all the way for fifty six so we're doing a lot of reading so y'all better read fast because I'm gonna to try to read the best I can. Y'all have not too good a reader I am. I read good but the words just get mixed up before they come out. So then a dispute arose among them as to which would be the great this is the disciples. Now I want you to read this like this is us. I don't want you to read that like this is some Bible story that happened a long time ago. I want you to put yourself in this. These disciples were with Jesus, and they got in an argument over which one of them would be the greatest. I'm so much better than Adam, it ain't even funny. 
And had y'all been around Adam much? He don't hold a lot to me. I mean, Dave's pretty good up there in front, but you, you get him out away from that microphone. You saw when the power went out, he pretty much lost. <laughs> I mean, at least I knew to step up and kind of just make everybody feel welcome. He just stood there. <laughs> so definitely I'm better than them two. That's what these guys are doing. And Jesus, he said, I got I to gotta do some pruning on that. So what did he do? Next verse. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by, or set him by him. And he said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all will be great. See how he did that? They were arguing about literally who's the greatest. And he reached up and he said, man, that thing's growing wild. I need to snip that. If you want to be great in the kingdom, become the least. And it, it changed him because Jesus used the words to change him. Snipped it. Next verse. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. Listen to what he said. Jesus. Him Baptist down there. All they care about is getting out in time to get the pizza. Now, we ain't going to put up with it. We told them they better straighten up. I don't. What about the, the Methodists on the other side of town? What about one of those radical, crazy churches over there in Anarcho where Dave come from? They'd be up the front spinning in circles. We told them they need to cut that out. They, well, they don't need to be doing that. We told them, just cut it out. Don't be doing that stuff because we're the ones that's got it. We're the ones that have it all together. We're the ones that know this thing. We're really following God. We're, we're, we, we, how many times have you heard people arguing from different places and say, well, we just go by the Bible? <laughs> Every one of them will say it. We just go by the Bible. We all go by the Bible. But so this is what these disciples are saying. Well, he was casting out demons, praying for people. We, you better quit back. You don't know what you're doing. What did Jesus say? But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Cut it off. If the church is preaching Jesus, I don't care if they spin in the front. I don't care if, if, if what they do, if they're preaching Jesus, they're on our side. Our responsibility is to reach every man, woman, and child in southwest Oklahoma. And we need the Methodist, the Baptist, the, the Calvary Temple, Family Life Church, Grace. We need every church in the area. And we should all be working together because it's all about Jesus and it's not about us. Everybody has part of the truth, but nobody has all the truth. We know in part and we prophesy in part. Everybody's got a part and when we all come together, That's guess it. what? Things are fixing to change. That's it. I just found out this week, I went online and watched it because Richard and Thina was telling me they went to the to the Southwest Believers Convention at the first of the week and, and when they were there, uh, they made a, Kenneth Copeland made an announcement about a meeting that he'd had. Him and James Robinson went to Rome and met with the Pope for like three hours because of a video that the Pope had sent that I got to see when I was there in January. And the, the Catholics and, and, and James Robinson, who part of his deal now is just bringing Christian 
groups together. That's his heart. And, and, and him and Kenneth Copeland and the Pope are meeting and talking about how to reach the world for Jesus Christ. That is about what Jesus done on the cross. It's not about how you do it or how you do it or how you do it. It's about what he done. Man, that's such good news to me. That excited me. Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. So how did Jesus stop his disciples from being like that? Snip. He purged them with what? The Word. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face and as they went they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Now this one, you got to really think about this. This is a way to get revival. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, they're the big two, remember? Peter, James, and John, they always got to do stuff. You would think they would be the smarter ones. When they saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? We're, we're going to uh, we're going to Anadarko. We're going to try to put together this youth rally. So we get it all set up, and when we get there, the people in Anadarko don't want us to come there. So what do we decide to do? Let's blow them up. <laughs> Let's kill them all. Kill them? No, really. We'll, we'll get some. We'll get some. See if we can find some kind of explosive. I know we can get it. We I seen it the other night. We can come up with some bombs, and we'll just kill them all. That's what they're saying. These people don't want us to come through their town, Jesus. You want us to kill them? No, really, Jesus, we'll do it. See, we, we get so... Man, I had a bad thought. That's probably why my car broke. No, these people are wanting to kill people. They've been following Jesus. This is the top two. Yeah. <laughs> and their plan is, let's kill them. Jesus said, he turned and he rebuked them. Remember when I read a while ago that he who chastisement are the rebuke of the father as a son? Jesus rebuked them. How did he do it? He done it by saying, and he said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of, saying that the thief comes to steal and kill. I didn't come from that spirit. I didn't come to steal or to kill. I came for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they just went to another village. Jesus reached up and he went. And he pruned that thought so that that thing could keep growing. And that's how he does it as sons. We got a rose bush, and this lays out there by it. And I found out that if you got roses, and a lot of y'all may know this, but I did not know it, when they grow out, once the bloom starts dying, if you'll just cut it off, then there'll be a bunch more come out. But if you don't, and you just let that one stay on there, then that's all it's going to do. So I walk by about every day, and you're done. You're done. And it's not that I want to punish the plant. I want it to be more beautiful. And that's what Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to teach us so that we'll be more fruitful, so that we'll be more plentiful, so that we'll make a difference. And the way that he does it is with his word. One of the words that I got pruned with real hard a long time ago is Matthew 15, 18. And as I was 
I just really got excited for God, and I was real big time into politics, and, and I'm still fight the politic thing, and I try to not get involved in it, but I still get drawn in sometimes. But I was really into politics, and at that time we had a president who was probably doing things in the office that people shouldn't be doing in the Oval Office. And because of my religious zeal, I thought I was like a Pharisee, so I knew what was right. So I had no issue with just bad-mouthing this president every chance that I got. And I was bad-mouthing the president every chance I got. And one of the, I was reading my Bible, and I come across this word, this Matthew 18, 15. That's a good one, too. That is a good one. <laughs> that goes right with it. <laughs> Thank you, Father. <laughs> and this will show you how the Son will use the word, because a lot of people will read this, and it will not affect you. But if you're, if you're wanting to get close to God and you're maturing as a son, you will read something in the Word. And as I was reading this in the Word, it said, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. The word tell right there is the same word for rebuke that we read back in Hebrews. So the way that you rebuke is to tell. So I'm, I'm reading my Bible, and, and, and I've been and I'm just real zealous, zealous, and that's not even a word, but you know what I meant, and, and, and like legalistic, and at that time, I just, man, I'm, I'm saved, and probably the only one saved, and all the rest of y'all are going to hell, and that's good, because I don't want to be in heaven with you, and, and, and you deserve it, you know, I mean, that's how I was when I first just really got on, and, and God had to start changing me and molding me, and I'm bad-mouthing this president, I can't believe you idiots would vote for him and, and he needs to be impeached and then tried and then hung and all this and, and then all of a sudden this verse as I'm reading it just pops out if you got a problem with somebody go and tell them in person I'm like God I can't go tell him in person you got to, then maybe you should keep your mouth shut he said I got Moses into Pharaoh if I wanted you to go talk to him, I could get you in there. Apparently, I don't want you to go talk to him. So you may need to just keep your mouth shut because if you got a problem with somebody, you go to them in person. And man, when that happened, that corrected me. That was discipline. And I found out I don't live this perfect, but I try to live this first all the time. And you'd be surprised how much less problems you have with people when you have to go to them in person. You see, if somebody does something, you can get you can get on Facebook. It don't bother you. I'll make a phone call. So, but if I have to, instead of doing all that, I have to go to them in person. Can you believe what Mandy did? Oh, it ain't that big a deal. Let it go. <laughs> You'd be surprised that the things that were big before aren't big now when you got to go talk to them in person. But that's how God moves you. That's how God deals with you. That's how God deals with sons and daughters by the Word. You'll read something in the Word that will convict you. And when it convicts you, you're like, Oh, Father, forgive me. I don't want to be that way. I want to be, be like Jesus, the one that died for me. Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to die for you. Because of His great love 
for you. And now that he's getting, that you accepted him, you become born again into the kingdom. You are a child of God. But as you mature into a mature son, he starts correcting you by this word. And you see something in the word. Oh, no, man, nothing but to love him. Oh, man, that's going to be a hard one. But I guess i got to do it because he said it. Let no one know the corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Only that is profitable for lifting somebody else up. Oh, man, that's going to be real hard. But because I love him, i got to do it. That's how he corrects us. That's better news than y'all are acting like. Because I lived with that, that fear most of my life that I blew it and God's fixing to hurt me. And every time something bad happens, you start saying, I wonder what I've done to make God cause that. What did I do wrong to get prostate cancer? Maybe it's what you're doing right. The devil's trying to stop you because God addresses you with his word. What's he telling you? That he loves you? That he's proud of you? That he needs you? That you're uniquely made and gifted and created? That as you get in the word, the word tells you you're highly favored, greatly loved. Does the word tell you that you are the apple of his eye, that you are his favorite? That's what the word will start telling you these things and correcting these things. And when you go out with thoughts that, man, I'm nobody, I'm a worm, I'm just, I'm just junk, I don't know why God even made me. And you get in the word and he starts snipping off all that dead stuff that shouldn't be on there. Instead, he tells you that you are highly favored. He tells you that you are unique. He tells you that he moved heaven and earth to save you. He tells you that if you were the only one, he still would have sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you. That's how special you are. And he, he's doing that. He's pruning you and he's shaping you and he's changing you and he's making you into something that you weren't before. Amen. Y'all ain't getting it. <laughs> Come play something, Dave. I'm putting this down. I'm going to just talk. You see, God, God can take the smallest thing that you do and use it to change the world. Those 12 guys that were following Jesus around that wanted to blow something up, that were so prideful they was arguing about who was the best. Jesus, you spoke the word to them and they were cleansed because of the word. See, he has a purpose for you. He created you for something great. And we look at it, we think, well, this don't make a difference. I was so moved Saturday by this young families coming together and just helping each other out. You see God moving all over it and see his blessing all over it and seeing life being changed. But, but it's because we start realizing that God is for us. Because if you're going to try something, you're going to do it wrong. Me and Tammy's got into big time knockout fights and I was saying what I thought was common sense. And it went into something crazy. And I remember one time thinking, how in the world did that just happen? I'm sleeping on the couch. I don't even know what we're fighting about. 
But that's life. And you step out for, for God and you try to help somebody and they take it wrong or somebody talks about you or, or somebody takes it wrong and, and, and or something bad happens, the enemy comes in and, and if we think, well, God's just trying to teach me a lesson, no, then you stop. And the devil has took this amazing gift that you have and he stopped it because you think that God is angry at you and that God is going to try to hurt you to teach you not to do that again. And so he, he, he takes the whole rose bush up and you never produce what you were created to produce and we spend all of our time on this earth wanting more and, expand and wishing for more and created for more but we never do the more because we don't realize we got the backing of Almighty God behind us because the devil lied to us. And when we learn that he corrects us with his word and when I blow it oh I thought it coming I blew it and you run to him boldly to his throne of grace in time of need that you may obtain help. And you get in his word and he crash you. Oh, I see. I see. I gotta, I gotta speak with love. I, I gotta let everything that come out of my mouth come out of my mouth with love. You see, I, I, I was pretty good at saying stuff, but I wasn't good at saying it with love. And you tell people stuff without love and usually it makes them mad. I learned to say it out of love. I learned to prophesy to people that don't believe in prophecy. <laughs> I've done it. It's bad. It's still like God wants to just. I didn't have to say, Thus saith the Lord. Because that was about me. It's to be about them. You learn to operate in love because the Lord is telling you, No, I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll forsake you. Try it again. Get up, friend, and go again. And you can come your wife out. I realize now I didn't say that. Try it again. That one didn't work, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for the next one. I prayed for this one that didn't work, but I'm praying for the next one because God is for me. Stand up on your feet. I'm, I'm finishing. I almost said I was done, but I think I'm about done. You're about to get out of here. Thank you, Jesus. 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 What is your dream? Where where have you blown it? What would you do over if you could do it over? What words would you take back if you had the ability to unsay it? What was the thing that you wish you'd have never even approached, you'd never even thought about? What is the thing you would have ran from now if you would have known then? God has the ability to clean that. God has the ability to make that like it never even happened. God has the ability to erase that, to cast that into the sea of forgetfulness, to separate it as far as the east is from the west. And the only one that can ever bring it up again will be the enemy, and he's a liar. This morning, I want you to realize that God is on your side. That daddy is a good daddy. That the 
tragedies and the problems didn't come from him. He's the answer. And as you release that and you just say, Father, forgive me. Make me new. Cleanse me. Purge me. Trim off the things in me that I don't need. Show me in the Word so that I can fulfill my days. So that I can fulfill my destiny. So that I can be what you created me to be. Now look at me. And I'd like everybody to do it, but some of you will be doing it for real. But some of you may not have to. But you do like this. Not a peace sign. This is your prayers. And that thing that was hindering you, that thing that's holding you back, that thing that's stopping you, the thing you wish you hadn't ever done because you repented of it and it's been washed by the blood. On three, we're cutting out. One, two, three. Snip. You're free from that. You're free from that. You're free from that. Jesus, we thank you. Somebody ought to be clapping or shouting or say, thank you, Jesus. I mean, something's going something to happen. Father God, I thank you that they are clean because of your word. I thank you that your word changes us and cleans us and heals us. We leave here this morning, we're going to know that you are good. And that you're going to use your word to correct us. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. It's only five after. Y'all want to stick around? I can preach some more. But no, you're free to go.